You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Last Ship After Show. <laughs> I don't know why we're doing this song. Um, I like it. We just wanted a, a, a good feeling song. We do need a good feeling song here on the Last Ship After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Last Ship After Show, right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. I guess we're doing "It's a Great Day to Be Alive" only because it's a great day for the U.S. Navy. They stayed alive mm-hmm. for another episode. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations great. to them. Hey guys, I'm your host Bobby Demiro. Marina is out tonight, but luckily I'm joined by Monsi and Charlotte. Hello, ladies. Hi. Oh, hey. And Charlotte is a British, English, English, British, what are you? Both. Both. <laughs> that makes it simple. As an English, British person, uh, you like country music, so you're okay by me. Yes, I do. I love country music. <laughs> love it. Hey, before we get started on the episode today, we're in a good mood. I have a feeling we're going to make light of this show that's actually pretty serious today, but that's cool. Uh, before we get into it, remember Maria's new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, is in stores. I know we've been talking about it the last couple weeks on the show. But we wanted to give it a shout out. So if you were on Amazon or Barnes and Noble on the web, or if you go to a you know hardcover bookstore, that's pretty much wherever books are sold. Getting good reviews. I know the two of you have been doing recipes and workouts from it. Now, After Buzz, ladies and gentlemen, has a very exclusive pool party on Saturday, and uh, when you look as good as me, you can just kind of show up to <laughs> you it. Don't I'm, need just, the book. I'm just kidding. But the two of you, I know we've all been getting ready with the book to try to like look good in swimsuits. Been helping. <laughs> Seriously. And it's a neon pool party. You have to wear neon, so it's not going to hide anything. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Don't worry. All Instagram pictures. <laughs> we will of Bobby. Oh, yes, Lord. There we go. Is, is it hot in here or is it just me? I'm a little nervous right now. All right. Let's get started. As we get started, remember, guys, if you're listening on iTunes, please hit subscribe. Please rate us, review us. We would love to hear what you think. And if you're on YouTube, I know we've been getting a lot of comments anyways. You can comment down below the video. Give us your reactions. If you love us, hopefully you don't hate us. But if you do, let us know. We want to hear from you. So we'll give social links out at the end of the show, and you can tweet us too. But let's get started today, guys. We open up with uh, Ruskov. We start learning about Ruskov, this this war superhero, pretty much. The guy who literally, quote-unquote, wrote the book on modern naval warfare Mm -hmm. and what he wants with Dr. Scott and what he wants with uh, the primordial strain of the vaccine, which they went and got, they being the U.S. Navy and Scott's team went and got in the snow. In that amazing, you know, first first episode pilot uh, fight scene. And Ruskov wants that stuff. And, and what better to fight Ruskov than Tex Nolan? Right? Yeah. Yeah. How about this guy? So Ruskov, modern naval warfare expert. You've got Chandler, who's not too shabby as his own right mm-hmm. in the U.S. Navy. And Tex Nolan, I expected him to do a little more than he did in this episode. But he's still in there stirring the pot. Yes. Yeah, I thought he would play more of a substantial part to the the whole fighting and putting his two cents in. But maybe it's a good thing that he didn't. He hasn't because he's not really a Navy he, SEAL. He, he isn't. is. He is rough um, around the edges. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he, he's kind of maybe speaking too much sometimes when they were in the 
um, when they met face to face and Tex kind of spoke up, it was like, oh, oh, don't, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anyone to get shot right now. But I, feel like, <laughs> I agree, but I feel like he was very stern. Like, he's like, come on, boys, you know, he was he was positive and he was like, we're going to do this and we're going to take care of it. Yeah, we didn't see a lot of action with him, but I think it was stated that he was a big influence as to at least the the direction of the attack went. Yeah. Well, and remember, this is still Gitmo. They're still on the island or in the bay right now. Mm-hmm. So he, this is still home turf for him as right. the mercenary hired gun from the American military before. I will be interested to see. Look at this. We're four minutes into the show. We're talking predictions already. <laughs> I'll be interested to see in the future when they leave Gitmo. If he still plays a part. But for this one, it seems like you've got a guy... I hate to use the Walker Texas Ranger metaphor because I don't know if Tex can fight physically like that. But he's named Tex, so I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Um, But you've got a guy who's kind of a rogue Walker Texas Ranger, you know, badass, excuse the language. And the U.S. Navy, which is very by the book. And the interesting relationship here is Chandler is still very tied to the United States and the United States Navy. Mm -hmm. And Ruskov makes the point. He's like, dude... Russia is no more. Like, we're the ship, man. Like, get with us. Like, let's figure this out. It's not about Russia. And Chandler's like, no, it's still about the U.S. You're still an enemy. Is that dumb for Chandler to do? I don't think so because I still think that um, the Russians have a hidden agenda. Like, they don't want to work as a team at all. So I think he's just covering his ground and making sure that America stays safe and that they stay safe. Totally agree. I think he's covering his ground, not necessarily because the Russians have a backup plan or something hidden. I think it's just because he doesn't really know what has happened. And Roscoff t- tries to tell him, this is what's been going on since you've been at sea. Like, there are no enemies, there are no friends, like, this is it. And I think it's it's more him making sure that he knows exactly what he's getting into. You mean Chandler? Yes, Chandler. Okay. I think he needs to, before he just listens to anybody, he's got to see it for his own. He has to see it with his own eyes. Is Chandler too by the book, though? Because he's very, very... Being the captain of the ship, you have to be. But he's very order-driven. And he's very um, uh, proper. You know, if something needs to go the proper way, there needs to be a proper chain of command. There needs to be a proper this and that. In the military, you have to have that, and that's why he's the captain of the ship. But in in this post-apocalyptic world, is that going to come back and bite him? Is this a, a personality flaw instead of a trait? I don't think so. I think it's going to save them because it got them out of there. It got them out of there safe in one piece. And yeah, everything was very dun, 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 wait for my order. But it worked. I agree. I don't think that he should not be this strict or follow this order of command because he's trying to reiterate, I am in charge. In order to stay in charge, you have to be in charge. And he, if he follows orders the way he's supposed to, nobody could be like, you're doing this wrong. You need to step down. So that way he's just... He's covering his butt. Yep. Maybe quite literally one day. How about Chandler <laughs> negotiating in that scene with Tex, negotiating with Ruskov, kind of the first big scene of the episode, the first one of the most important scenes. Uh, Chandler offering a, a portion, a, a, a sample of the primordial strain, and Ruskov turning it down, saying he wants the full thing, saying he wants Dr. Scott. It, we will learn later what's going on with Toffet and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But should Ruskov have just taken the primordial strain, the sample? He's greedy. Exactly. Well, is he greedy, though? Or is this this second thing? I don't know if it's as simple as greed or if it's he has to win and, and colonize a new world. I know I'm looking way too far for that. But he has to colonize a new world with his people and with his situation as opposed to letting anybody else come in. Because he said, he said, give us the primordial strain. You can leave the bay and you can travel all over the world. He said that to Chandler. 
I don't know if I believe that. I think he wanted to sink Chandler, and he certainly, yeah. we are not done with Ruskov. We're going to see him again. He wants to sink Chandler at some point. He's not going to let him just hang out over the globe. No, I think he's greedy, and he wants, he doesn't just want a little bit of it and someone else to have it. He wants all of it for him and his people. Well, maybe not. Maybe just for him because he killed one of the yeah. one of his guys right there. What about that? That was crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was so shocking, but so good. And that mm-hmm. goes with what she's saying. He's greedy, and I I don't think he's trustworthy. So even if he says all these things, I would have never been like, yeah, okay, here you go. I'm gonna take off now. We're gonna have a good life. No, like I don't think he has good intentions at all. I think he wants to be. Obviously, in a sense, the next god and determine who gets to live and how the world is going to take on. But he he can't. Not with Chandler. Yeah. Chandler's not going to let him. I agree with you. The fact that he killed one of his people, point blank. I mean, it's just like, that just shows Efficiency. how... Efficiency. One less well, mouth to yeah, feed. Yeah. But that just shows how selfish he is. I'm right. just saying, if, if the three of us were on a ship, maybe I'd do that to one of you. If we only have food for two people, I'm just saying. He would have already got you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Charlotte? Women stick together. Yeah. yeah, sure. We'll see about that. We're okay. ahead of the game. <laughs> we know everything. So, yeah, that actually is true. That's yeah. true. Um, okay, so Ruskov obviously is a selfish guy. He's obviously... Uh, we haven't heard the last of him. We also don't know his entire story. I know that he's the you know father of modern naval warfare and all this sort of stuff, and Chandler has his book, and Slattery kind of makes a snide remark, like, you're going to go get that book signed, which, again, establishes the relationship between Slattery and Chandler that may not be the best. But the biggest threat to me is not necessarily Ruskov. It's the idea that on this ship now, Chandler has to contend with so many personalities, and it's going to get more and more desperate every week, that going to this point about Chandler loving order, top-down order, as it gets more desperate every week, if he sticks to that order, how many people are going to get frustrated with him? And rebel. We've seen Danny get frustrated and rebel about running point on the mission today. We know Slattery has. We know Rachel Scott butts heads with him. We know Toffet butts heads with everybody and will continue to do so because of what happened to his family. Mm-hmm. How many more people down the line is this going to happen to when they start disagreeing with the mission and people on the ship start realizing, you know what? The U.S. doesn't exist anymore. The Navy doesn't exist anymore. I may have a sense of honor and duty, but it's different than just listening to Chandler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will get to that. I mean... I'm just calling that, for mutiny is what I, I'm calling for. <laughs> I think it is going to get to the point where maybe everyone is going to get a little bit fed up and just kind of want to take their own action including slattery when he was over to see roscoff did you guys he said he said if he's not back in an hour we attack Mm -hmm. what that is that is such a i understand like what you're trying to do with that but that's such a like he's immediately establishing he's out i'm in Yeah. yeah when he's not around you listen to me which is probably true for the commanding officer who goes out on a mission it's like when the president gets killed, the vice president has to step in, and the vice president theoretically shouldn't have time for emotion, but has to run the country. So it's probably the same idea of Slattery knowing that if Chandler gets killed, I've got to step in. But I know what you're saying in the sense that Slattery, not that he's looking forward to Chandler being killed, but he's looking forward to direct traffic. Yeah, and I mean, an hour, that's not very long to get from the boat, on land, meet, get on the boat, get back. It's like, whoa, an hour isn't very long to get. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't give him time, really. And it's like, well, we're going to just kill the boat. So then Chandler's killed because they've already attacked. So it was just like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It was like he just wanted to start taking over there and then. Well, I think he's going to want to take over long term. The problem is with these guys, 
uh, let's talk about the U.S. Navy looking for a way out of Gitmo. Because that was dicey and really pretty much the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing, I guess, is Bertram, Bertram and Smith being shot and killed. Two more guys go down. We've already lost, what was it, Freddie in the first episode mm-hmm, and a couple yeah. other people. So just a couple episodes in, I know the ship is stocked with a fair amount of sailors and a lot of people. But you can't be losing two and three and four people every day because it's going to add up real yeah, fast. really fast. And that was... I mean, I enjoyed that scene where you were seeing underwater and they were joking and then it was like, bam. Wow. Yeah, I, I felt it was very realistic to mm-hmm. that situation and what could happen. It was... I didn't... I, it got me. I was like, oh, that's yeah. terrible. But I was like, okay, this is a good job, Michael Bay. And that also <laughs> shows how on top the Russians are because... There really wasn't that much where you could see mm-hmm. the submarine. So the fact that the Russians were on them and just shows how much they're watching. So the fact that they, the boat was able to get away was shows how smart the Americans are. Yeah. And you've got um, you've got Chandler on the Revenge with his countdown, speaking Russian first, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. But you've got his countdown in the Revenge, and he doesn't pull the trigger. He could have pulled the trigger. I think we all might agree that he probably should have pulled the trigger mm-hmm. to some regard, and he didn't do it. So Ruskov is a little more ruthless, which we probably knew, and stereotypically so Russian to make him more ruthless. Yeah. But we probably knew he's more ruthless, and Chandler is a little more... Uh, again, order-oriented and a little more proper and a little more... There's a little more decorum with how he fights. The issue is, though, Chandler's the one who's losing men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought but I thought it was interesting when he started speaking Russian because obviously he did it so everyone in the cockpit knew exactly that he'd killed a man. He'd yeah. killed his own person. So it was like, smart man. Yeah, I love that. Chandler. Yeah. And in that same scene when he's speaking Russian, he left the mic open so that Ruskov could hear him talking to his people about shooting... And then gave the countdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and there's another thing Chandler said. He said it, the ship is an Arleigh Birch, I believe he called it. Yeah. Something about it's an Arleigh Birch. You know, you're not going to take this thing down, whatever it is. So Chandler definitely knows his capabilities. And I think because Chandler maybe idolizes Ruskov in a weird way because he's such a naval warfare expert, mm-hmm. I think this is Chandler's opportunity to outfox mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. And he did it today. And Ruskov kind of tipped his hat to him and was like, don't fire on them. They're not, they're not there, they're not there anymore. So he did it today. And I think Chandler sort of relishes that fact of I can outsmart him and maybe not do the bully over the top violence that he would do, but I can do it in a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. And he won today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Good for him. Yeah. Will he win next week? Stay tuned. Find out. <laughs> uh, what about Quincy Toffet? Because we start seeing Toffet now. The first scene of consequence that we see with him, of course, he pulls a gun. Why not? He pulls a gun on Dr. Scott, threatens to open the virus in that interrogation room area. That was the most hectic part of the scene for me when he's got his thumb literally on the virus. He's like, if I open it, everybody's in here is dead. Yeah. Uh, we learn later about his family, so I understand why he's so broken up about it. But initially, without knowing about his family, what a freaking crazy guy. Yeah, what a an bit. idiot. Yeah. yeah. You're going to lose. You're going to be locked up. Like You're not going to have any freedom when you do that. Why would you try and do that? Well, we learn later it's his family. Well, yeah. But but why sacrifice yourself? If your family might still be alive and you still have a chance to get out at this point, why would you have even threatened to open up? Exactly. I mean, how do you know what to do in that situation? Well, Obviously, not that. he's and, a little and crazy. And that's what he said to Chandler, and it got Chandler. Right, when he's like, what would yeah. you do? But he, he, we already know he, at this point, he's probably gone so cray-cray that anything seems better than the obvious choice. You know, like, he probably doesn't want to admit it. But I agree, that whole scene was just tough to watch him hold that Mm -hmm. virus in his hand and have, like, everyone's fate in in his hands. But I called it. 
that he wasn't going to be the bad guy, that he wasn't going to do it, remember? Yeah. I said, I was like, he's going to turn nice. I see how you just sneaked that in he there. He was like that. I said it. I called it. And he's not as bad as I expected. His right. story, I, I wasn't expecting that at yeah. all. Me neither. You, it, you start to see a little sympathy. You, you start to feel a little sympathy for the yeah. guy. Oh, oh, I felt a ton of sympathy for him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't understand him, but then you're like, oh. Well, but the thing is, because a lot of these guys, Chandler included, are talking about their family, how they don't know the status of their family, they can't see them, they can't visit them, and Toffet's a guy who has his family, in a way, at his fingertips, because Ruskov has his family. So at least Toffet knows his family, theoretically, is alive. Whether or not they'll stay alive, we'll see. But they are alive now. Mm -hmm. So for him, it's like, you guys can't do anything about your families, we're too far away from that. I I can. can. Mm -hmm. Which is selfish, but I also understand it. Yeah, I kind of got it too. And and what do you do in that situation? You're torn. I mean, the people you love, but the people that you're supposed to be honest to. So right. it's such a difficult situation. Well, and remember, Toffet's not a military guy. He's just mm-hmm. a science a scientist on the thing. So if he were a member of the military doing this, it'd be unconscionable to me in the first place because you can't blow through your orders like this. You have right. a mission, you have to stay there. But as an outsider scientist who's a guest on the boat... Not that he has leeway to do this, but I understand why he may have thought mm-hmm. he had a little more leeway to do this because he is not in that chain of command. Yeah, right. I agree with you. I so agree. we'll see about him. Thankfully, they talk him down. And then we learn that he, while he's being interrogated, he was sharing info with a Russian scientist, mm-hmm. which Slattery calls a leak. We'll see whether he was sharing or <laughs> leaking or whatever with Sergey. Uh, and then we learned too, and this is where we first learn about Toffet's family, is Kelly's voice, his wife, mm-hmm. was the British voice used in the harbor which makes sense right to right. us now mm-hmm. against her will theoretically yeah um so why not i know that they wanted dr scott and that was obviously why Toffet needed dr scott to come with him but why not Toffet do whatever he possibly can to take the primordial strain and go on his own and convince ruskov that i can solve this problem or i can solve it with your scientist we don't need dr scott i'm wondering what dr scott does specifically that they need her for Unless it's the fact that she's just a good scientist. And she's she's the top person. But you don't you know? think that Toffet can, can do what she does or do well enough what she does? I don't think that Roscoff wants to risk it. Well, yeah. He Take knows that Scott can, Rachel can do it and get it done. Whereas with Quincy, it's like, well, he's the assistant. Can he do it? There's a reason that he's the assistant and not the doctor. And a Little Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's just exactly like he just knows that she's the head doctor. So he just automatically probably trust her mm-hmm. more. Uh, but I found it interesting. I don't know if you are going to get to this since we're talking about Rachel Scott and Roscoff. Roscoff told Chandler that she was missing something to make the vaccine. And did you notice they asked her or he asked her? And all she said, she reacted a little, I thought, a little off. Like, I feel like if somebody asked you that or accused you of, missing something that you should know what it is, you would be like, no, not at all. But she kind of hesitated it, and she just said, he's bluffing. That was it. I think she's too good of a liar, though, because she's lied throughout the whole... She was lying throughout the whole time. Like, she was on the... To get the vaccine and to do this. So I think she's too good of a liar to... I think she's just under stress and doesn't really know. To counter that, I agree. She was a a great liar, but we found out that she was lying because somebody spilled the beans. In this case, somebody could have spilled the beans. She could have still been lying. Mm -hmm. So I I agree. I think she's a good good liar, but what if he he said something he wasn't supposed to? Yeah. So are you saying that Dr. Scott is maybe the Russian male and not Quincy? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's. I mean, yeah. that's an interesting point. I noticed. I know what you're saying, and I noticed her reaction on that. I thought the other way, though. I thought it was more of the, more of the case that she was so matter of fact with it. It wasn't that she was hiding anything or or reacting by trying not to react or whatever. Like you're saying, it was more the fact that she was just matter of fact, like he's bluffing. Mm-hmm. This is what he's doing. I have everything. Part of it may be because she's such a good scientist, she may be cocky about it, which I know is weird. But you've seen a lot of movies and shows and stuff where kind of the, the you know superhero protagonist is the one to solve it and you can't tell me different and nobody else is going to help me and I'm the guy. Maybe that's her attitude. Yeah. I can solve this thing. Don't trust Ruskov. I don't really trust Toffet anymore, obviously. Yeah. This is my baby and I will solve it. Back off. I'm on the case. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think she was so quick to say, oh, he's bluffing. Well, but I, that's my point. He, she wasn't quick to say that. She I, was pretty quick. I, I felt like she wasn't. I felt like she 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 first heard it, realized what was asked. She took it in. Exactly. Yeah, she like took it in, took a moment, and then said, he's bluffing. But maybe mm-hmm. she was thinking about, because obviously there's another scientist on with the Russians, Sergio. That's who it was, right? No, Sergey's dead. Sergey died. Dead. This oh, is a Scandinavian I, guy. I don't think we ever got his name. Oh, yeah. I took that it was... It was the guy that was apparently no Toffet because Toffet says point blank Sergey died. Now maybe Toffet just knows Sergey died, but he thinks. said that Ruskov took over the phone. So exactly, I so Sergey was with him. They just captured him, and that was him in the Sergey 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 that yeah. Sergey they just captured him and kept him. Um, it could have been. I, it, maybe uh, maybe there's no. Maybe there's two points to it. I, mm-hmm. Maybe what happened, and I know what your point is. Maybe to Toffet, Sergey is dead because he was told or led to believe that Sergey died, yeah. and he's not actually dead. That's what I that mean. And that's the scientist yeah. that is on the Russian boat. But maybe in Roscoff's head, it's like those scientists need to be together, Rachel Scott and Sergey, to to solve it. So maybe that's the missing. And of course, they need to be together on Ruskov's boat and not the U.S. Navy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Why don't we trade scientists and bring the guy to the U.S. Navy? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying. True. I mean, but Ruskov's not going to go for that. Uh, Let's talk about this mission to get out of Gitmo then. Low reef, low coral reef with this huge destroyer ship. They do this little radar thing with the um, aluminum foil to kind of fool them and everything, turn off all the electricity. Very dangerous mission. You were talking when we were watching it. It's a mission where you're literally doing it blind. Mm -hmm. You have no tools with you. You just have communication, and you have to kind of wait on whatever. And then we see on this, and we've seen this the first couple episodes, but it's Lieutenant Foster, the woman, and Danny, Mm -hmm. uh, the lead, kind of the lead, one of the lead sailors, um, have a romantic relationship of some level, Mm -hmm. and now they have to work together. And kids, as you get older, here's a life tip from Bobby, don't date the people you work with. So, Charlotte, I can't go have a drink with you after the show. (laughs) Don't date the people you work with because this is what's going to happen. I mean, it's a little different at AfterBuzz, but am I wrong? This is what's going to work. It, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. You yeah. can't do it. You mm-hmm. cannot cross streams there. And this is an extreme example. But now Lieutenant and Foster and Danny are clashing hardcore, yet they mm-hmm. still love each other. Yeah. But they're clashing hardcore, and this is going to create friction on the ship. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. And just by, I mean, it's going to create. It, I always thought it was a little weird anyway. Even from the very first episode, it was. She like, could what do better, man. This? She could and, do a lot better. Yeah, it was just always strange. But do you want to be that better? Uh, go on, Charlotte. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I just I don't work Lieutenant with her. Lieutenant Foster, so if you're listening, you can find him on I Twitter. Don't, I don't work with her, so yeah. <laughs> but it was. But he obviously. But he chose to work with her. Yeah. He said, "If if you're going, if she's going, I'm going." Yeah. So I. 
he kind of put himself in the situation to he didn't have to work with her that closely. And I think most people know you just don't can't just don't shouldn't date people that you work with. Most people kind of think that. I would um, like to date a girl who can quote knock the nipples off a chicken from a thousand yards. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was How impressive. That? that was impressive. I was like, oh, okay. That's my kind of North Carolina girl right there. <laughs> I was like. Props to you, girlfriend. Right? <laughs> you go, because like, I can't do any of that. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. And obviously, she was the right one to do it. But I got why. Like, she was brown-haired girl. Like, it fit. It She fits the idea of Rachel Scott. Yeah. From oh, a totally. Totally. <laughs> well, yeah, not only that, and she had the skills necessary for it. But I just wonder with Danny, this particular mission aside... You're on the ship. You can't cross the streams, and he already did that. But once you cross the streams, Danny's got this weird emotional level where he's a tough guy and a very good sailor and a very good military man. And yet when somebody dies, he takes it really, really, really hard, which we expect. And I know these guys do it. And I know you talk to soldiers coming home from war in real life, and they don't talk about that stuff because it's Mm -hmm. emotional. But a lot of these guys are trained, especially at that level, that... You're in the mission. You deal with the death later, and you're in the mission right now. And when Bertram and Smith died, immediately, Danny was off. Yeah. Immediately. Mm -hmm. So this guy's a bit of a loose cannon, and I don't mean that disparagingly because, you know, how would you deal with somebody dying? Exactly. He's an emotional wreck, which who can blame him for what they're going through, but... But that's a liability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where does does he end up now, especially with love, too? And this came out on... As they would on the, the little boat, what what are they called? Yeah, the speedboat thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it came out because he slowed it down. It was like get off, trying yeah. to save her. But it's like just stick to the mission. You've got to stick to the mission. Yeah, clearly he is he's has an, his emotions on his sleeve right now. Probably mm-hmm. the situation and love just makes everybody crazy. Let's be real. Yeah. Just everybody. <laughs> Let's makes, be real. Let's be real. Love makes you do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And I think in this situation. It was stupid in the sense of the mission, but he was looking out for her. Yeah. Like, he told her, I love you. Leave me alone. I don't know why you would say that. But he loved her, so he was trying to protect her. He wasn't supposed to go on the mission with her. And then he insisted on it because of his obvious feelings for her. But I'm afraid it's going to negatively affect everyone as a whole. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's 100%. what I'm afraid of. Yeah. So um, hopefully... Which reminds me, folks, the official hashtag of the after show today is hashtag I love you, leave me alone. <laughs> or the note that I wrote on my notes when we were watching this, hashtag Danny, you're an idiot, bro. Yes. Yeah. Either you're one. an idiot. Don't ever say that. <laughs> Men, just don't ever tell someone, tell a woman you love her and then to leave you alone. Especially when you're working together on a ship in the military, all these And other the world's things. coming to an end? Yeah. How can I leave you alone? We're on a stupid ship we, together. You like, might have to repopulate the dying. world. Yeah. You know? They might have to repopulate the earth. I, I, I'm interested to hear your two perspectives <laughs> on this, ladies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Show's going to turn R-rated very quickly. The <laughs> It's just, just. Don't I have do a it. feeling. I have a feeling there are worse people to repopulate the earth with than Danny, though. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I'm just, just don't do that. Better Danny than Quincy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Quincy. We should get the actor in on the show, and we're gonna have to confront you guys with what you said about him just now. <laughs> we'll hopefully Wait. have him in in a couple weeks. Yeah. Not so funny now, is it, ladies? We don't want <laughs> Quincy. The actor is different. Right? Exactly. Charlotte, separate it, Bobby. What mm-hmm. a what a political job separate you guys it just here. Did. That was very, yeah, that was a politically politically correct answer. <laughs> I got us. I got us. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh as we're talking about separating stuff, how about the coral being separated from the 
bay when they're trying to get out. So the mission works. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Foster ends up shooting a couple Russians, you know, pinpoint, sharpshooting, whatever. And uh, they blow up or blow up a portion of the hull of the Russian ship. And that gives them the ability, the Navy, the U.S. Navy, gives them the ability to take the Nathan James, torpedo out some coral, and leave. Yeah, how how Titanic-ish was that uh, scene with the coral? Did that mask the noise of them going to blow out the coral? I was a little bit confused at this point. Did what mask the noise? The f- when the... Was the speedboat... The explosion of the speedboat into the boat, was that supposed to be a distraction to yeah. them? Yes, that was yeah. supposed to be a distraction to it. I don't know if it was supposed to cover it by the noise, mm-hmm. but it was just supposed to be a distraction. But then how did they get to the boat? The they ship. sent a they sent a rescue team. Yeah, for Danny and Lieutenant Foster, I they guess sent I a rescue team. That because he says, I was like, what? It was like how? one line. They said something about a recovery team. Or oh. something he says, there, yeah. "Let's pick up our cargo." Yeah. that's what he said. Okay. He didn't say, "Let's pick Isn't up." Isn't it too close to the people. Russians though? Wouldn't the Russians have seen? They've been so on everything. Wouldn't they have seen a rescue boat go? I guess if you had a them? little tiny rescue boat like the one they used, mm-hmm. and you came in while the thing was on fire and everything exploded, the Russians might be doing I other guess. stuff. Yeah. yeah, or they swam out. They yeah. swam out to a designated point mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. hundred yards further away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. But it was total Titanic for me. When yeah. I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, the iceberg. And I was really nervous. And everybody you just was quietly waiting. It was terrible mm-hmm. in a good way. Uh, I'm glad that it's good. I, I, I didn't want the ship to be an issue. That was a storyline that was going to come up in the next couple of episodes. I yeah. just was like, we've been through that iceberg, done it, Titanic. Don't do that. <laughs> so I was glad it, that the ship's okay. And we're going to move forward. I agree. But something like that, I knew it was, wasn't going to be harmed. So I was kind of like, eh, I know there's nothing. You know? Oh, look at if, this. She's a ship engineer all of a sudden. No, but if that's going to be a problem, <laughs> that that can, like, sink the ship. Right. You know? So I was like, that's... <laughs> so if that happens, I mean, if the ship's damaged, there's no ship, what are they going to do? Yes. Take the little take the little inflatable boats. Exactly. And, Get about 15 of them. Yeah, and then they're definitely all dead when the Russians come along. So I just knew that, you know what I'm saying, it was kind of... I guess I was hoping that it. nothing happened to it, that yeah. it was not even going to be a slight storyline. What if yeah. it's what if it's That's Titanic-esque and it becomes a very slight leak that has to fill up slowly and more and more and the ship is only going to be seaworthy for another week, you know, something like that? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened to the others ship right to the to russians, the russians? Yeah. yeah i mean they're gonna have to fix it but they took on a lot of water absolutely yeah, yeah. so yeah. does the russian ship survive and make it out of the bay itself and i they, think it probably does but and they lost how many 12 12 they said about a dozen yeah which i don't think really matters for them because what's the difference mm-hmm. it's just the idea that they have the russian guns and ruskov and as long as ruskov is still around that's a threat even if he had five men with him. yeah and he mm-hmm. has less mouths to feed now that's exactly right <laughs> take on one more hit you got a lot yeah. less mouths to feed yeah <laughs> All right, so Chandler confronting Toffet at the end. Very emotional scene on a show that is... Obviously, every show is emotional, but this show is much more action-driven, much more kind of movement-driven than it is emotion or character development or anything like that. But this was a very, very emotional scene with Chandler and Toffet straight up yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. Like, really, really yelling at each other. Um, I know it tugged on your heartstrings, right? Yeah, for sure. So is Toffet right? Would you have done what he did for his family? Or tried to do for his family? I have no idea. I don't, yeah, that's so hard to say because I feel like maybe yes. Maybe I would have done what he did or maybe I would have thought about it. It's just so hard to say whether I wouldn't have thought to ask for help. That's what it, I, I don't understand that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Why wouldn't you ask for help? Why wouldn't you 
say what is happening. Yeah, I, I feel like, you, you know the world's coming to an end. I feel like he knew more information than everyone else. Why not ask for help? Mm-hmm. Because if you know anything about Roscoff, you're going to know you're going to get there with Rachel Scott, and then he's going to shoot all of you except her, and then that's it. Yeah. Like, how do you not know that? How do you not think that? Obviously, being on the U.S. ship would have been easy for you to just talk to Chandler and be like, look, now that you know what's happening in the world, let me tell you what's happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. I yeah. don't, that would have been, like, the perfect time to do it. And yeah. it probably would have been the perfect time to do it on that ship immediately to alert Chandler that the Russians are going to be coming after us for a reason. Because I don't, I didn't get the impression that Rachel knew that she was wanted as much as she was. It no. was only Toffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you know that information, go to Chandler and say, hey, listen, here's what's going on. The Russians are going to come after us. They're going to fire off a nuclear warhead and whatever. They're going to do all this other stuff. You need to be ready. Right. And he didn't do that, which is incredibly selfish. And which leaves me to say... I know Toffet's right in the in the strictest sense of what would you do for your family mm-hmm. because Chandler breaks down and mm-hmm. and I think by Chandler breaking down when he left the room indicates that Chandler knows Toffet's right about that. Yeah. But Toffet's also wrong in the selfish way he went about it, which leaves me to believe that maybe there is still more to Toffet's story that we don't know. I agree with you. Because it's a weird decision for him to make not to come to Chandler about the Russians. Yeah. If it were me, Never going to happen to me, I hope. If it were me, I'm, I'm not a biologist, so it will never happen to me. Um, if it were me, I would go to Chandler and say, this is what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And he has my family, and I need to get them back, yeah. and you need to help me do that. Whether or not that actually happens, who knows. But at least Chandler knows where you stand and what you're mm-hmm. trying to do, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to do it on your own. Yeah, definitely. And pull a gun on Dr. Scott. Yeah, you're tripping. Yeah, and then go with the with the... What is it? Was it the, the two. virus? The, yeah. yeah, with the and virus, with the primordial to, strength. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to win. Yeah. And, and he's not to the point where he has nothing left to live for yet. Mm-hmm. If he knew his family was killed by Ruskov, I guess I understand. If you feel like you have nothing to live for, that's pretty brutal and selfish. But I get it. Yeah. But at this point, his family is still alive, and mm-hmm. he still thinks he has a shot. So why act like you're going to kill everyone right. when you still have something to live for? Well, when he said to Chandler, "You killed my family," I was like, "Ooh." that's rough like don't it's not him that Chandler hasn't killed them at all he's put himself Quincy's put himself in this situation it's his fault he could have gone about this a whole different way and hope that maybe could have the family could have been on the US ship but so you think they died is, no, you I don't, don't think that yeah, yeah I was I was just wondering if Yet. that's what you, yeah I don't think they died but I, I'm with you I feel like that was that was rough to say. Like, how can you say that to somebody? But right. but then Chandler responded, "You did. Yeah. You killed him. Yeah. So he did it right back mm-hmm. to him. And it's like, no, this just this, the virus did this. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's that whole scene was very very tough, and I feel like a little bit uneasy to watch, just because Chandler's in a rough position, Quincy's in a rough position. What do you do? Who's right? Right. Who do you side with? Mm-hmm. Well. I- Go ahead. Well, Quincy's screwed now. He's right. chained up. He's not going to have any say on anything. Rachel Scott's by herself. <laughs> yeah, Quincy will never again. Well, I'm sure he will. But Quincy should never again factor into anything. Right. But knowing, I'm sure something's going to mm-hmm. come. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, before we get to predictions and news and all that sort of stuff, one question for you two. And I wish Marina were here to do this. She will be back next week. Uh, three episodes into The Last Ship, really good. Yeah. Agreed. Right? Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, we do a lot of shows at After Buzz, and some shows are much better than others. And I don't think there's ever really a bad show. You always kind of enjoy everything. <laughs> I saw that look. <laughs> this is not a bad show, though. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's action, and there is enough development going on where it's Michael Bay, so you kind of know what to expect. But it's not too unbelievable thus far. Right. Agreed. So I'm I'm three episodes in, I'm hooked. I'd be watching Me it too. if I weren't doing the after show. So. Yeah. I like it. I like that it's over and I'm like, it's over? Already? Mm-hmm. I know it's fast. That's it a goes, fast it, hour. It goes yeah. really fast. And the, the episode progresses quickly, which I like. I hate episodes that stay t- all in one spot for like 20 minutes of the episode. Like you are moving in this mm-hmm. show, which I appreciate. And I also, and to, to actually counter that example, I hate shows that have six different storylines weaved in together. Mm. This one has about two. And I, I'm sure it will get more complicated, but I really like just the simple idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, the strain, the U.S. Navy, the Russians, and we're just going to find out what happens. Yeah. So, I don't know about you guys, I'm a big fan of it. Me too. Me too. I'm very big I, fan. Alright, let's do uh, news and gossip with Monsi. TV News. Alright, so... Do we know, you guys know who um, Adam Baldwin is, right? Oh, yeah. He plays Slattery in The Last Ship. Another alum of Independence Day. Yes, yes. And actually, he uh, they interviewed him, and I found some really cool questions about auditioning for Michael Bay. Oh, so Lord. they asked him <laughs> if it was intimidating, if it was intimidating walking in and auditioning for Michael Bay. And he says, this is a quote, if you go into a room with anybody and you come in with a positive attitude and a place of love and you truly do love what you're doing, then the negative energy doesn't even get into the room. Fear is a killer when it comes to the creative process. So for all you young actors and actresses. That is such an actor's answer. I know. So every every other industry would be like, what do you do technically and whatever? And actors like, come from a place of love. <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> yeah. The other question I really enjoyed was, there's been a lot of post-apocalyptic series, stories, and television and film, but this show is different because it's still in that apocalyptic moment. If you were going to explore this territory, was it important to you, and is it something different? Like, was it something different, especially since you were so used to seeing the aftermath? He said, that's a good question. I'm absolutely fascinated by how we keep the structure of civil society maintained and feel that the U.S. Navy involvement with this and the command structure that we have and the discipline that's been ingrained in the sailors is something that we are challenged with going forward. How do we translate that back on land? That's one of the main challenges. We're on a ship, so who are who are our foes? They'd have to be able to get on water as well, and the only few people on left on the planet that could even that could even do that, we don't know. But we also need to get back on land at some point to see what our families are up to. That's all fascinating to me. I can't wait for you to see how it unfolds. I'm interested to see he was talking about the command structure of the U.S. Navy when the character he plays, Slattery, is is open in, openly in some ways going very much against that command mm-hmm. structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he says the command structure is what they have. Interesting. Maybe discipline. maybe he just tweaked out at one of our predictions where he actually right. won't cause a yeah. mutiny or whatever mm-hmm. and they'll stay within the command structure. Totally. I guess we'll see. And then the final one, is they asked him how he came to this show, how he got even the opportunity to audition for Michael Bay. And he said he had um, auditioned for Michael Bay and it just worked out. He had done it before. He had worked on TNT a few times before and apparently he was kind of already sold on Mr. Baldwin here to do that role. So. And I feel like he plays a lot of soldiers and mm-hmm. sailors and yeah, stuff in his exactly. past. So you can tell when people kind of get typecast. Yeah. And yeah. this is one Definitely. sweet spot for him. Yeah. Definitely. He said he just feels blessed. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. It is a fun show. I believe he is a prolific tweeter. We were talking about Twitter off camera. I think he tweets a ton. We're gonna have to look him up. Oh, like, like, look. like very prolific tweeter. Oh, we're gonna tweet you right after this. 
He's right. probably like, okay, whatever. He's going to retweet mine, <laughs> not yours. <laughs> Don't even start with that, man. All right, let's do predictions. <laughs> that was cut off quick. Now, I know, right? Not even going to play with that. Didn't even have a chance to explain it. <laughs> All right, Charlotte, you begin with predictions today. I think that somehow the Russians are going to infect part of the U.S. ship. Did the Russians get a sample? Did they end up taking no. a sample? They didn't take so. it. Okay. Yeah. But I think somehow that's going to happen because we see all the... Bo- I don't know. I just think that. And I think that Sergio is that scientist. Oh, Sergey. 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 Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Same name, different country, whatever. <laughs> we, we let it slide because of your nice accent. That's why we let it slide. <laughs> if we said it, then it's not okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that that's the scientist that's on the Russian ship. Okay. I agree. I do think that might be the scientist, but I actually don't think we're going to see the Russians for a little bit. I, I feel like we're going to encounter other obstacles, and then in maybe like three or four episodes, the Russians will come back. Because I feel like right now, they don't know where we are. They don't know where we went. That raider is completely off for them. Mm-hmm. So they have to find us once again. I think that's going to take a little bit. So I think we're going to encounter other Yeah, and, that, and now they don't have Quincy on this side. They don't have an in to find out exactly where. Yeah. I don't know if this is a prediction. Well, I'll make one prediction. You say the Russians are going to attack with chemical warfare. I say the U.S. Navy is going to attack with chemical warfare to the Russians and send some kind of the virus in whatever, in a, in a bomb or something and kind of let it sift over the ship. Yeah. And I think that Chandler will not be a part of that because he would never do that. But I think somebody under command is going to undermine him and sneak some of it in or create some kind of a chemical weapon. This, which I don't know if it's a prediction, but it's more of just a thought because you told me about encountering other people. In this apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic world with a virus going around with millions and millions of people dying, with 60 million Chinese people dying in three days, who would survive that? People on ships, but who else? Uh. <laughs> How about like <laughs> tribes, old tribes in South America, in Africa, and people who don't have contact with other people? Unco- whether they're uncontacted or not frequently contacted, very, by our standards, primitive tribes in mm-hmm. the Amazon rainforest in Africa. I don't know how the U.S. Navy is going to get to people like that, but it wouldn't surprise me if the other people that get encountered are actually very primitive relative to the Navy's capabilities because they just haven't been around people who have taken on the virus uh-huh. because mm-hmm. they live in such a remote or desolate or isolated area. They've never been a part of it. And so they're fine when everybody else in France and Europe and Japan and whatever is dead. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's coming next episode, but I just have a feeling there's a lot of pockets of people like that who are still healthy. Yeah. yeah. What is that movie uh, with Emma Stone zombie land or something? The one with zombies and Emma Stone because Billy Crystal survives that. Doesn't he come out at the end? See, so it, maybe we get Billy Crystal Bill. or somebody. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Enough. Yeah. Same what, difference. What, what is it? Do you know the movie? Yeah, Zombieland. And who? What, it's it's uh, her and what's the name of the actor? Uh, you know? There's Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson yeah. and Jesse. Yes, that's exactly. So maybe somebody like Bill Murray. You know, ladies like and a, gentlemen, Ben with the movie expertise. <laughs> Yay! Thanks, Ben, for making me sound not so stupid. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's it for predictions and stuff like that. As we get going, though, social links. Charlotte, Monty, where can we find you guys? 
Charlotte B underscore TV on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter. You can find her on Twitter. <laughs> your voice is great. I love your accent. I know. I love it. I'm jealous. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monsi Bolano. I feel like we just run over our words and she's like proper to Seriously. Twitter. I don't even know what I'm saying. You guys can find me on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. How do you say Instagram? Instagram. Oh, that's kind of boring. I'm on Instagram at Mr. Bobby DeMiro. Whatever. It's okay. <laughs> Twitter. Hey, while you're on Twitter, if you already have Maria's new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, tweet about it. Send out a tweet. I believe the official hashtag is hashtag Every Girl's Guide. So if you've got a good review, if you've read this thing and it's working for you, we want to hear from you. We will retweet what you tweet here at AfterBuzz. That's it this week on The Last Ship, guys. We'll be back next week with Episode 4. Thank you for watching. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 